You are listening to Cut Jib Newsletter Speaks, the podcast. This is series number five, episode six for Monday, October the 23rd, 2023. It's JJ Septon, along with my good friend, co-host, co-blogger, and colleague. About a season there. Uh, CBD. CBD, good morning, sir. Good morning. Uh, it's uh, a lovely day here in the Northeast. It's crisp and clear, and uh, I'm really enjoying uh, the, the autumn. It's my, one of my favorite times of the year. Um, anyway, uh, so we, we, I, I was thinking about uh, the topics that we have been discussing over the last few weeks, and obviously Israel and the war against Hamas is, is front and center. Um, but one of the things that I think we should probably not lose sight of is that Israel is the proverbial canary in the coal mine. And This is an opportunity. The world has an opportunity to confront militant Islam and confront the catastrophe that has been its response to militant Islam. And as as difficult as it is to suggest that that Israel is, in fact, the tip of the spear, because it is a small country and it is probably not the appropriate choice. You know, the United States should be the tip of the spear. Um, of course, that brings in all sorts of other questions. Uh, Israel is it. And that is another reason why I think it is important to support Israel in its in its fight against Hamas and Hezbollah and um, obviously Iran. And in addition to that, I think it is far more important to support Israel than to support Ukraine. Oh, absolutely. You know, 110,000 percent on that. I mean, and we we were talking about this before the uh, you know before we were recording. You know, there are legitimate criticisms from some quarters that you know, why are we you know people who do do or sort of you know don't want to spend military or any kind of aid or give foreign aid and think it's a waste of money. And ninety nine percent of the time, yes, foreign aid is an absolute waste of money because it goes to countries that basically you know to people that either are indifferent to us or not appreciative or just hate us, outright hate us. Israel, on the other hand, I mean, when we when we send money to Israel, the money comes back to us. First of all, it comes back because they're buying m- m- much of our weaponry. So it's essentially we're we're buying these these things or, you know, it is, you know, priming the pump of our own economy in that sense. Plus, but, but the fact of the matter is when people send money to I mean, most disgustingly, I saw an article today that the, the Rockefeller Foundation you know, sending millions of dollars, not just one one NGO supposedly, uh, to Hamas and to the Palestinians. And so, when when things when we send money to Israel, it comes back in the form of both security in the Middle East as well as technology in the form of computers, medicine, all sorts of fields that that benefit mankind. When we send money to Hamas and the PLO, it comes back to us in the form of rockets and bullets and uh, and babies being decapitated. It's like everyone says, the they, they admit it themselves. Islam is, uh, you know, they they worship death while we worship life. They even say that that is exactly what they say when when they uh, when they make their pronouncements to the world. But you know, b- beyond that, you know, you talk CBD about militant Islam. I mean, I'm still waiting for these so-called moderate Islamists or followers of 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 Islam to come out and condemn what is being done in their name. And to date. I mean, unless somebody wants to point me in a certain direction, I have not seen one uh, leading imam from any Islamic country or any uh, major city in the United States or Europe or anywhere in the world come out and condemn what is going on uh, with Hamas unequivocally without bringing up Israel or the Palestinians, quote unquote, into the subject. 
And, so, and, that's, and, and that's the conceit of these people who talk about moderate Islam. You know, it, it does not exist. Sure, there are moderate Muslims, but is there a large-scale movement? Is there even a small-scale movement that that is trying to push Islam into the 21st century? And the answer is, of course, no. And unfortunately, I think the, the moderate Islam, Islamists are simply Islamists who don't act on their beliefs, but approve of the militant Islamists acting on their beliefs. So, the, you know, they they have this huge, huge, quiet majority that is unfortunately very supportive of what is going on in in Gaza right now, which is the, the you know the the wholesale murder of Jews and Israelis, and next up is. Uh, Jews across the world. Next up is Christians across the world. They are in an existential war, and they want to win. Absolutely. The, you know, the, uh, if I wanted to be charitable, and believe me, after the last two weeks, I'm really my my uh, pension for being charitable is very very thin to non-existent. But if I wanted to be charitable, you could say that there is perhaps whether it's a silent majority or a silent significant portion of the followers of the faith of, of Islam that uh, cannot speak up because to, to speak up is also to become an apostate. And then you too get your head chopped off. But again, you know, you know that, that, that might be true in Pakistan yeah. and in Indonesia and in Egypt, uh, but that's not true in the United States. Like you would think uh, of all there, places in the United yeah, States, and, and yet, and yet there is there is, there is no significant uh, pushback against militant Islam in the United States, which is, let's face it, it, probably the safest place in the whole world for Muslims. Bingo, exactly, exactly. That that's that was the point that I was going to make. But uh, again, this is just you know, it's absolute madness, and we they, we they are the canary in the coal mine because. Again, just to reiterate what we were saying and what we've been saying last time with uh, Michael Walsh and what we've, we've said and, and with uh, several times with the great Robert Spencer, who I hope we can get on the show. Uh, you know, hopefully we won't need to have him on the show and the situation will have, uh, will have, will have ameliorated itself in, in Israel with Israel wiping the hell out of Gaza. But as we've said, this war has been going on for 1,500 years, and it is a war again from of Islam against the West and against uh, Judeo-Christianity and every other religion that does not uh, bend the knee to them. And and unless we until we recognize that, we're just you know we're pissing in the wind and we're just sort of playing games for you know for um, what is it uh, political or for for cultural reasons not to step on toes and so on and so forth. But the first person, the first you know, whether the leader of, of whether it's Republican or whoever it is to stand up and say, look, and to reiterate these points, I mean, obviously he's going to have a big target, literal and figurative on his head, but it is the truth. And it's a truth that needs to be, that needs to be, uh, that needs to be said. I think Israel, as we, as we pointed out on the last podcast, within the first 48 hours of this thing happening, they were in, you know, a very good position to not only gain garner world's, you know, world support for the first time in, in decades, but have Bibi Netanyahu or whoever come out and stated categorically what categorically what he is fighting, and it's not just Hamas or a militant group, but the fact that this is what the existential struggle is, uh, it would have been a cold shot and slap in the face to the world. Of course, there would have been a reaction to it, but at least he would have been in the position to make his point, and it would have been very hard to refute 
given the circumstances of beheaded babies and parents watching their children being being killed in front of them and then you know set alight alive and, and so on and so yeah, forth. Yeah, the the, the details coming out are, uh, if possible, even more horrendous than what yeah. we first learned. Um, it is awful. You know, it, it's been more than two weeks, and as you pointed out, Israel has lost the momentum. Now they are making the appropriate noises in. Um, in the media talking about how, yes, you know, they're preparing for the Gaza ground uh, ground invasion. And uh, this is and while Hamas might be preparing, we are preparing also that kind of stuff. And that sounds good. But the reality, I think, is that the United States has pushed very, very hard to to minimize the ground invasion um, and uh, to, to try to control it. And I think that's extraordinarily dangerous for Israel because ultimately Israel is going to be vilified in the world media and in, in by the American government, no matter what they do. So what they should have done, and of course this is, you know, looking back, is it's easy. But what they should have done is gone in immediately. As soon as, the, as the, they had the majority of their reservists um, up and running, they should have gone in. Uh, should it have been a comprehensive ground invasion? No. But they should have done something to start the ball rolling. And and unfortunately, they are being driven by world media and by uh, the anti-Semitic uh, elements in the American government, which uh, unfortunately, because of Biden, uh, are significant and growing. Yes. I mean, I mean, look, at I mean, getting criticized no matter what you do. I mean, they didn't even do it. I mean. The, the the idiot the head choppers launched a rocket that blew up in in the hospital parking lot and killed fifty people, and immediately Israel drops a bomb on a hospital and kills five hundred people intentionally. And they didn't even do it, and it's like you know it's crazy. We we are we are in a world where you know it's nice it's a it's a wonderful thing when you can as we've said put a missile through a third floor window and take out one guy and maybe five of his comrades without disturbing, you know, maybe raising a little bit of plaster dust in the floor underneath with uh, Fatima who's feeding her children. But God damn it, this is a war, man. And you got to be brutal and you got to be quick and you got to get this thing over with and make sure you teach these people a lesson if that's even possible, given who we're dealing with, but at least calm them down, you know, for, for, the, for, the, for the foreseeable future so that if nothing else, you can protect your civilians. It is your job, your duty to protect your civilians, Mr. Netanyahu. And by not doing this, you're just inviting this again. And, you know, someone even, I, I forgot, I read a, an article somewhere, maybe an American thinker or, or somewhere where a lot of this stuff, a lot of the, the opposition and, and the, the hamstring is not only coming from Biden, but it's coming as a result of the, you know, the, the, internal politics of israel right now the israeli left is is also on a is on a suicide mission to bring netanyahu down and if it results in their heads being chopped off well so what but i mean yeah i'm 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 sure that i'm sure that's happening in israel but i don't think they have much of a voice and they're not going to have much of a voice for for a long long time my sense and again i'm not an expert by any means but my sense of the tone in israel is that there is a uh there is a renewed uh, sense of purpose uh, in the uh, the Israeli body politic, and that purpose is the destruction of Hamas. I don't I don't think that the left is going to be very successful for a very very long time in Israel. Anyway, listen, um, we we can talk about Israel ad infinitum, but um, let's. I would like to move on a little bit and um, and 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 let's let's return to domestic policy uh, politics a little bit. 
Um, the Sidney Powell mess. We talked about it uh, briefly on um, the podcast with um, with Michael Walsh last Friday, um, and he had some interesting things to say. But um, Trump came out with a with an interesting comment that she was never his lawyer. I don't know what that means. Um, if she acted in a legal capacity for him or his campaign, uh, she's on the hook. But um, it's it's quite bizarre, and I really don't understand what is going on. Was she merely making a tactical decision to limit the damage because she knew how it was going to end? How it was going to end, or is has she given up and is now going to become a compliant government witness to take down Donald Trump? I don't know. Let me just backtrack a little bit to the um, the immediate uh, nightmarish aftermath of of twenty twenty when you know Sidney Powell, from what I understand her, she has a very good reputation as a solid lawyer. She's not a, a, a loony like that other. I forgot who that other knucklehead was that was also involved. He 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 actually represented um, you know the, the the MAGA kid from Cincinnati you know who who uh, was wearing the hat against the crazy Indian. And uh, the defamation suit, I forget, uh, Nick Sandman, but I forgot who the lawyer was. And he won a, a, a huge settlement for him in the defamation suit. But beyond that, um, he was a, he turned out to be a knucklehead, a crazy guy. But but Sidney Powell has always had a very good reputation as being a solid jurist. And so for her to come out in the immediate aftermath with the Crocken and then this thing and then that thing, and to claim that she had this sort of smoking gun evidence, and then all of a sudden when it never materialized, you know, we were sort of left holding the bag and it looked it looked very, very funny. So something didn't add up. And my gut initially was that um, somehow she was threatened, either physically or uh, career wise or a combination of both from the powers that be. And knowing what we know now about these people, I definitely do not put it past them to do any of those things. But be that as it may. Um, yeah, this is just this is this is craziness. I mean, I think she is ba- basically you know, covering, covering her own ass right now. And potentially because it, she entered this plea agreement with the other two guys uh, who were also involved in this thing, the, I don't know if it was Trump's campaign or whatever, they can now potentially turn around and be witnesses against Trump and against Giuliani in trials. And this is, you know, it's just, it, it's crazy. I mean, whatever you think about Donald Trump as, and I know what you think about him and I know sort of what I think about him and what Michael Walsh and others as a potential candidate, that it would be a disaster for him to be the, the, the nominee. And of course, many people will go to their grave supporting him, uh, you know, unto death to the last breath. But at the same token, he is a political martyr. And this is just, it's just another horrible road, note on the road to banana republicdom that we are falling into and I, I think we're there we are a banana republic for all you know intents and purposes but what what Sidney Powell is was playing at in the beginning and what this all means now man I, I just can't tell you it just I was of all people for her to, to do this based on her reputation beforehand is just a real head scratcher yeah. I, I I agree I, but again I, I I hope it works out better than it seems like it's going to but you know what's what's fascinating you know you use the 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 phrase political martyr and that is absolutely the case um uh, in your in your uh, on your home turf uh, there was some information about um the um that your newly elected supreme court justice uh yeah prostate or something like that i don't yeah, know how to Jim, pronounce her her name whatever. yeah and um they somebody Super did some analysis of the huge amount of money that she raised 
for the Wisconsin Supreme Court race, which she raised $23 million, which is an unbelievable amount of money. And they discovered that there are plenty of people who are listed as having given huge amounts of money to her. And when interviewed said, uh, what? I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I didn't give any money to her. Um, and, you know, this is part and parcel of the of the profound corruption of the Democrat Party and the inability of our legal system to hold them accountable. Yet they are able to hold accountable uh, Donald Trump for things that are just absolutely ridiculous, exercising his First Amendment rights, you know, challenging challenging a, a an obviously problematic election is his right as an American citizen. And for them to to go after him, uh, hammer and tongs is disgusting. And and it yeah. and it as you say, he is in fact a political martyr. And and from that perspective, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him because he's not backing down. And and I got to give the guy credit; he is a fighter. Now I, I'll. I can go on and on and on probably forever about his flaws as a candidate and unfortunately as a president, uh, in spite of what he, uh, the good that he has done. But once again, political martyr is, is a fine, fine term, sadly. It is sad. It's a sad state of affairs that, that this has you know, come to the fore that we've now, and now we're just sort of moving on into the next election as if, well, you know, the landscape has changed, so we have to sort of adapt to that. And I'm going, dear Lord, how can you how can you adapt to, to the transformation, the fundamental trans- transformation, to quote a, a certain dog-eating scumbag, the fundamental transformation of this nation from what it was, it, albeit a flawed, you know, re- republic uh, with, with to- overtones of democracy, flawed as it was, the greatest hope for humanity on earth, no doubt, that, that is a society that has ever existed into what is no more than a, a, a literally a banana republic, you know, high-tech tyranny. And b- with our economy going down the shitter, that's not going to last much longer either. So to, to go on our merry way, well, let's just move on to go to the election. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, here comes the election. And now we have the same cheat mechanism that Michael Walsh described as, the, you know, the, as an institutionalized cheat. Well, what difference does it make whether Trump is the candidate or Ron DeSantis is the candidate or Jesus Christ fresh off the cross is the candidate or whoever is going to be the candidate? Because there is no way that they are going to let, you know, any of these people win. I mean, whoever, if it's Biden running or whoever is running, they're not going to get 82 million ballots. They'll get 95 million ballots and 90 and 100 million ballots. I mean, the only difference being if, you know, now that uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. is is also as an independent, He's going to scream bloody murder and everybody's going to scream bloody murder. But then at the end of the day, well, it's like, well, what are you going to do? You know, catch us if you can. So, well, the, que- what, the, the question you know, what is, the question is, has has the economy and geopolitical issues collapsed to such an extent that the Democrat cheat apparatus cannot generate a sufficient number of votes to to put their uh you know the whoever they have in 2024 into the white house um if it gets really really bad it will be difficult for them to generate those votes and excuse me um Mm -hmm. i I, can they do it i don't know probably but uh, we can only hope that they can't do it if you know if inflation is still rearing its ugly head and and we go into a into a, a more of a recession and people really start hurting, and I think they are hurting now. Um, it it might be difficult. Again, I I, I don't 
I, I won't put it past them that they can do it no matter what. Uh, it, it's entirely possible that they can generate 100 million votes and and just you know place them where they need them. And uh, at that point, we are truly a banana republic, as you pointed out, we already are. But anyway, it, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, as for Robert Kennedy or JFK Jr. or RFK Jr., whatever the hell you want to call him, he's, he's showing more and more that he is a fucking lunatic. I mean, he, he's this weird combination of libertarianism and authoritarianism. And I, and I, I don't know how he can reconcile that in his own head, much less run a coherent campaign. Um, I guess he's a, you know, his name, obviously, name recognition is fantastic. So he's going to get some votes. But is there is there a taste for an independent run in the United States right now? Uh, my suspicion is yes, simply because people are so disgusted by both the Democrat and Republican parties. But uh, is he going to draw enough interest to to push the to, to push the election in one way or the other. I don't know. The, the danger I, I, you know, now that I, I initially thought, yeah, he's going to take votes away from, from the Democrats. Absolutely. But now that things are moving on, I mean, there's also recent polling, whatever you want to think about polling that shows that Kennedy is more of a threat to whoever the Republican nominee is, especially, you know, if it's Donald Trump, if Donald Trump is even allowed out of prison to campaign, let alone take the oath of office. God, you know, if that ever comes to that, which I doubt. But I, and I can see the calculus being because of his stand against the whole COVID thing, against the, the, the forced vaccinations and everything going on about that. And also his stand on, ironically, on free speech, which which is crazy because he wanted to imprison anybody who, d- who denies global warming. But be that as it may, he seems to be attracting a dangerously growing number of either, quote unquote, conservative leaning independents or Republican leaning independents and even some Republicans. And that is really kind of frightening, given CBD, as you say, as we all know who he is and where he comes from. He is a major leftist and always has been a major leftist. His his few issues where he found with the squirrel that found the nut, uh, notwithstanding. uh, Yeah, this is this is dangerous. And if he if he becomes the president or if he allows Biden or whoever to become the president, given the also with the, you know, the the, the X factor of the, the fortification of the, of the balloting, uh, Pache Mali Ball, that's that's good night. That really is good night America. There is. no Well, you know, let's face it. RFK Jr. wouldn't be any worse than Joe Biden. No, um, you yeah. know, I, I, I can't see that being more of an issue. It's, it's existentially bad for the United States. And that's just the way it is. Uh, Joe Biden is horrendous for America for in, in every in every rational measure. Um, he's awful for the economy. He's awful for personal freedoms. He's awful for our geopolitical positions. Um, so can it get worse? I, I don't know. How much worse could it get? I'm not worried about that. The, yeah. You know, you, you talk about COVID and and while I do appreciate RFK Jr.'s stance, against covid against uh, all the mandates and and the the insanely bad uh biomedical research that was done um i think most most americans don't really give a shit anymore about covid um uh, the last numbers i saw were that uh something like two percent of america has gotten the current booster or you know the current vaccination and that's a, that's a pathetically small number and i think it indicates that one people simply don't believe the government anymore and two they simply don't give a shit anymore and that probably bodes well for 
for the mainstream candidates because they can easily push that aside and look at RFK Jr. and say, yeah, whatever. You know, you were against COVID, but nobody cares anymore. Yeah, you know, I, I I do agree with that. You you may be right on that. Of course, it's a weapon against Trump because he was kind of you know he he sort of allowed a lot of this shit to happen, uh, because it was you know remember two weeks to flatten the curve and that turned into uh you know a hundred and two weeks to 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 flatten us, which is exactly what happened because he, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> not a COVID cough <coughs> because he went along with uh, Fauci and Walensky and all all the rest of them that you know led to the the disaster of the election but the other gorilla in the room of course regardless of who the president is is uh, is the bureaucracy and they are still entrenched they are still weaponized against us be it the fbi the doj the epa the faa who are who are giving uh, elon musk fits and starts by screwing with his rocket launches and so on and so forth all the way on down the line and until we can do something to neuter that or to reverse course on that. It's not going to matter necessarily who the president is. If it's a if it's a Republican, they'll just stonewall his agenda. Nothing will change. If it's well, a Democrat, then see, that's the thing. If, we, the if we get a rational Republican, a conservative Republican who's intelligent and understands how the how the deep state works, understands how the the entrenched bureaucracy works, it is possible to begin to turn government around. And the way and I've written about this on Ace of Spades. Uh, in in the last uh, I don't know two or three months, um, and that is that we need to starve the beast. Um, the you know the legislature funds the all of these many thousands of ridiculous programs that that make up the 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 deep state and make up the the entrenched bureaucracy, but it is the administration that actually spends the money, and you know I I, I can I can picture a an aggressive. Uh, Secretary of Agriculture, who looks at his many thousands of entrenched bureaucrats and says, um, sure, no problem, but we we're going to stop hiring, no travel, we're moving offices to, uh, you know, to buttfuck Iowa and, uh, you know, out into, into the wilds of Alaska, and, you know, tough shit. You do, I'm not going to spend the money on you, so you make a decision. And what, yeah. multiply that by the the you know what the eight or ten uh, secretaries and the hundreds of undersecretaries and 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 other political appointees and it is possible to begin to turn america around will it happen no i doubt very much that it will happen but there is a mechanism available to the president of the united states to begin the destruction of the deep state yeah, I mean, I can imagine if it would be nice if, uh, you know, whoever is elected, they do not repeat the same mistakes that that uh, or, or the, the bamboozlement of Donald Trump and hiring people from within the swamp to drain the swamp. You have to you have to hire people who are completely uncorruptible and from out of government. You got to do the whole Elliot Ness thing and just get a completely new, uh, you know, people who are untainted and not part of dc i don't care if you pick them random out of the phone book but you know just get somebody and the and the instruction is do not spend one dime of the money that comes in from from uh, you know from from the legislature forget just don't spend your budget and that's it let let them let everybody stew and, and and see what happens of course you know this has to happen election after election so there's there's the rub there so unless you that that does happen it's a question of people and entrenched systems and the corrupt systems and so on and so forth but uh you know what cannot go on will not go on and at some point uh 
something is just going to, it's just all going to collapse. It has to, because it's just, we can't go on like this. Unfortunately, I think you're correct. Um, anyway, so uh, Seth and I talked about making this a short one, and it obviously is yeah. creeping up on uh, on a longer one. Uh, no pun intended. Um, but uh, so, uh, JJ, you got anything else or uh, can we? No, that that's pretty much it. I'm just, you know, we're just sort of on, on tinterhooks with what's going on in the Middle East. And I'm just what freaks you out as much as if not more is just the the fact that what's going on in this country, the fact that we were talking about before we were on the air, that it's just it's it's unbelievable to someone like you or me of our, or of our generation of the of the absolute support for or you know, not only throwing Israel under the bus, but for the support of people who are literally barbarically murdering men, women, and children in the most barbaric fashion. And you see thousands of people protesting in the streets that are pro-Hamas and anti and literally pro-killing of Jews, of, of repeating the Holocaust one more time. And you know, that, we talk about the change of the demographic of this country. And it's just, we're no longer, there is no longer a silent majority, as Michael Walsh said last time. But, you know, this is this is really a very, very disheartening and dangerous thing. And, and I agree with you. And and, and the, the change has been startling and, and rather sudden. You know, the, the phrase um, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free has always been a fringe saying because it is absolutely obvious that what that means is that the the goal is to drive the Jews into the sea. And for that reason, it has been a fringe saying. And yet it has all of a sudden entered the mainstream in these these disturbingly large protests across the United States. Um, how we're going to respond to that? How is how is America going to respond to that is a question that I simply cannot answer. But it is disturbing. Anyway. Is. Um, the, the, yeah, the, the problem that is and I, I hinted at is that on the one, you know, you have the educational system where you have the next generation or the last couple of generations of, of children joining screaming louder than even the palestinians quote unquote or the the muslims of, of this country to drive the jews into the sea and uh, and then of course uh, you have the, the head choppers who are coming in here by the droves and taking over and this is just a recipe for 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 disaster we don't if if something is not done now so before we wrap this up i have just a, a little bit of a, a personal anecdote and that is we had a, a a guest here from who was originally from australia and uh she was talking about how Australian culture is driven largely by American culture because they get American TV. And of course, the United States is the 800 pound gorilla in the world, um, culturally, at, at least. And um, I I looked at her and I said, well, tell all your friends and family in Australia to pay no attention to us because we are fucking stupid in this country when it comes to that kind of stuff. And don't emulate us. And Sadly, it is correct. Our educational system has been destroyed by probably three generations of of drones coming out of our out of the schools of education. And you can see, you know, these these purple haired maniacs who chant, you know, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Well, where did they learn that? They learned that at uh, at journals at, at, at I'm sorry, at education schools across the United States, which have been taken over by the hard left. And they're very, very smart. They did a very smart thing. They did a very good job of taking over our educational system. 
sadly, this is true. So, um, and what they'll find out if, uh, God forbid, this ever becomes an Islamic republic. Uh, please, dear Lord, let that not happen. And it'll be from the river to the sea, and with them, it'll be from the liver to the spleen when they get uh, that is, cut that open. Is the, and, the, the one. The one good thing about uh, if America ever falls to the Islamists, uh, the, you know, the, the Jews will go first and the liberals will go second. So, uh, yeah, gee, what a, <laughs> what, what a silver lining. Anyway, unless, folks, of course, unless, of course, a nuclear bomb doesn't fall before yeah. next November, and that'll be the good news, right? All right, I'm trying to wrap this up, and, and yes. we can't do it, because the two of us can never shut up. Anyway, <laughs> folks, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for hitting the tip jar. Um, thank you for reading uh, Sefton and me over at uh, Ace of Spades and at Cut Chip Newsletter. And uh, we will have an interesting special guest coming up in, in the next three or four days that I hope all of you will tune into. Absolutely. For CBD, it's JJ Septon for the Cut Jib Newsletter Radio Network. From the liver to the spleen and everywhere in between, we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>